Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of The Real View Podcast. I'm your host, Allison Wiley. Joining me is my co-host, Carrie R. Blaster. And with us today, we have two wonderful ladies uh, representing the Ohio Attorney General's Office with the Human Trafficking Initiative, Jennifer Rausch and Jamel Arid. Thank you guys both for being here with me today. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. We are so glad to have you guys here today with us. It's a serious topic, but you guys are a lot of fun to talk to. So we're looking forward to today's episode. But before we get to that, as you know, the name of the podcast is The Real View. And one of the questions, not one, the signature question that we ask all of our guests is, what is the best view that you have ever seen? And so I will let the two of you decide who the lucky one is that gets to go first. I would say for me, this is Jamel speaking. It would be when I went to California and we drove up to the Hollywood sign and I had about 5,000 heart attacks on the way up there because I'm not used to driving vertical. (laughs) So it took a lot to get there. And so it was like, okay, we made it. I love it. Let's stay up here for as long as possible before I have to go back down. Yes. But I definitely am traveling to uh, Denver, Colorado next week. So I might have a new favorite view. That's going to be beautiful this time of year in the snow. Oh my gosh. Enjoy, enjoy. So mine is similar, but so Jamel and I did not know this and did not coordinate, but the fact that our answers are similar should tell you plenty about the two of us and how we work together. But my mom is from a little town in Montana, uh, Butte, Montana, and they have a giant statue of Mary at the top of one of their big giant mountains. And you take a bus up there. So sort of like Jamel, all the heart attacks, but it's zigzagging back and forth, back and forth in this bus. But when you get up to the top of it, you can see forever and it is gorgeous. So that would be my, oh, I love that'd it. be my favorite view. Cause it's big sky country. So you can see forever anyway. And then you get on top of a mountain and it's even better. Right. And you're with Mary. I mean, that's awesome. right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, you guys, again, welcome to the podcast. I have had the uh, distinct privilege of getting to work with you ladies a little bit in the past. But before um, we get started about the work that you do with the initiative, I'd like to hear your backgrounds and just explain to our listeners what it is that you do and what led you to this cause. So we will go ahead and start with you, Jennifer. Well, I was with the Franklin County Prosecutor's Office for almost 20 years before I joined the Ohio Attorney General's Office. I don't do the math, please, on how old that makes me. But I worked here in Columbus for the Special Victims Unit primarily. So I was in that unit for 15 years. We prosecuted felony level offenses in Franklin County, and they were sort of the worst of the worst. Sexual assaults, domestic violence, domestic homicide, things like that. And when the human trafficking laws passed, it sort of naturally fell under our umbrella because we were already accustomed to working with people who had undergone great traumas, working with victims, and a lot of the dynamics that you see 
in sexual assault, domestic violence, offenses like that exist in human trafficking. So I became our dedicated human trafficking prosecutor. I cannot claim to have indicted the first case in Franklin County, but I did take it over. So I have had my hands in almost every case in Franklin County for human trafficking up until I left in the fall of 2019. So I did that for a long time. I was also the director of that unit. So I got to supervise six attorneys, which was a lot of fun. I miss them terribly, uh, but I'm having a lot of fun at the attorney general's, like you said, working in this serious uh, area. So uh, I am now the legal director of our human trafficking initiative. And I'll let Jamel give a little bit of her background before we talk about what we do at the AG's office. Sure thing. So I've been a victim advocate for almost 11 years now. Before coming on board to the AG's office, I was a victim advocate embedded full-time on our Central Ohio Human Trafficking Task Force. And so what that meant for all of our operations, all of our stings, all of our um, investigations and cases and tips, anytime any of our detectives were going out to go meet with a victim, I would be there as well. So that took us to a trap house uh, side of the highway, the ER department at a hospital, the local jail, wherever that took us, I would be present for that. We just kind of um, work with building that rapport with that victim let them know what resources are available to them that we're here to help. They're not like in trouble per se, right? And that there are people that want to help them get out of the situation that they're in and just kind of connect them with a supportive services. So I did that for two and a half years. And then prior to that, um, I worked at our, I'm from Florida. I worked in Palm Beach County, Florida at the state attorney's office as a victim advocate and victim witness coordinator. I worked on domestic violence unit as well as our county court misdemeanor crimes unit where we handle other kind of cases like dating violence, stalking, assault and battery, DUIs, etc. So I've got to work with a variety of different victims of crime. And for me, when I learned about um, human trafficking victims, I felt like this was the population I want to work with. My mantra has been to be the voice for the voiceless. And this just felt like in this situation, they're the most voiceless. So I was like, all right, God, wherever you send me, I'll go. And he was like, you know what? Columbus, Ohio, it is. Came here, all my family's in Florida, just came and started a whole new life here in the winter wonderland, and it's been fabulous. <laughs> well, we are lucky to have you and glad, glad you're here. <laughs> so I think a lot of people, if you ask them, like, human trafficking in Ohio, you know, people may not think that that's something that goes on here. You know, we have a lot of rural areas where people certainly would not see their communities as a hotspot for human trafficking. And even our cities, you know, we're not Chicago, we're not New York. I think people a lot of times place that activity in larger metro areas. So talk to us a little bit about what human trafficking in Ohio looks like and, you know, help educate some of our listeners about the true problem of human trafficking right here in Ohio. So essentially the cornerstone of trafficking, both for sex trafficking and labor trafficking is vulnerabilities, right? And so this is a question that we really love to ask anybody. Have you ever in your life ever felt vulnerable? And for the most part, I think we can all say yes, at least sometime in our life, whether it was for five minutes, you know, a couple of weeks, a season of our lives that we felt vulnerable. And so you think about wherever people are that are vulnerable, right? And wherever somebody else is who wants to take advantage of another person's vulnerabilities, trafficking can happen. So that could be anywhere, city, suburban, rural, anywhere, right? And so here in Ohio, we think about vulnerabilities outside of what an individual needs. You know, when you have Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you have the desire to feel safe, the desire to, to be clothed, to have food, and you know, the di- desire to be loved and all those different kinds of things. Even, even more so, we have a large population here of runaway youth and missing youth. 
We also have um, an opioid issue here in the state of Ohio as well. So you think about any sort of substance abuse disorder, that's another like vulnerability added on to whatever somebody else is going through personally. And so this idea that we have these two large groups of vulnerabilities, plus we have, let's say, their agriculture industry, we have a large agriculture industry, we have migrant workers that come up and, and work the food that we get to eat all the time, you know, things of that nature. So there's, there's opportunity for sure that if somebody is vulnerable, that somebody else can be able to capitalize on that and take advantage of them. Yeah, that's super interesting. So as I was doing research for this podcast, I came across the stat that Ohio is in the top 10 of worst states in the nation for human trafficking. And, and I've, you know, had a little bit of experience with human trafficking. So I know, you know, some of the reasons why that's the case. But I would love to hear from you guys why you think Ohio is so poor in this area and what factors into that. I would imagine that some of that information you're getting comes from the Polaris Project, which frequently is where they have ranking systems for the states. And so that can be both a good statistic and a bad statistic. So the good part of that is that that's based on the number of calls that's coming into the tip line. And so that means that for the most part, we have a pretty aware or at least a pretty good part of our population in Ohio that's aware of red flags for trafficking and we'll call and report it. So that's a good thing. The flip side of that is that there's enough red flags out there for all of those people to call. And so there's a lot of different things that kind of go into that. We always like to tell people that it doesn't mean that we're necessarily one of the worst. It just means we have a large amount of awareness, but we definitely do have a lot of human trafficking in Ohio. I mean, that's part of the reason that Attorney General Dave Yost formed our initiative in the first place. And a lot of it has to do with some of the things that Jamel previously talked about, some of the industries that we have, the current opioid epidemic, which are really piling vulnerabilities on top of other vulnerabilities. We also have a lot of highways or different travel corridors that run throughout the state. I can't remember the number of hours, and Jamel will have to correct me if she does remember it, but it's something about the fact that Ohio is, is it six hours away Thank you. She's giving me the cheat sheet. She's holding up six fingers for everybody that is just listening and, and can't see our Zoom. But it's six hours away from a lot of the big cities throughout the United States. So it's just a good transportation hub, honestly. And so a lot of that goes into all of that information. But I would, to Carrie's point too, make sure that anybody who's listening understands exactly what Jamel was saying, right? I mean, if you have people living in your town or your neighborhood Trafficking can and is happening. Sometimes it'll just look different in different places, whether it's rural, urban, something in between. We have cases that are coming from very small towns. We have cases coming from very big cities. And we have enough that we have three human trafficking task forces in the state of Ohio, and actually we need more. And I think quite honestly, we would have more cases and have more prosecutions. And you would hear about it on the news a lot more if we had the ability to dedicate more of our resources to it. But just like every aspect right now, everybody's stretched really thin. So in the AG's office, you know, talk with us a little bit about how that's structured. You know, obviously you two are working there. You talked a little bit about task force to go out and do the work and investigate. What is the goal of the human trafficking initiative within the AG's office? And who else do you work with to help combat this problem? So I'm the director of victim services for our human trafficking initiative Jen is the legal director. And then we have Emily Billman, who is our anti-trafficking coordinator. And so the three of us have kind of very specific roles in the sense of 
Jen, coming from a prosecutor background, she can be able to offer that awareness and that information for courts, for prosecutors, for law enforcement, what they need to know about that. Me coming from the advocacy background and nonprofit world and also working in law enforcement can be able to kind of talk to those things. And then also Emily kind of helping with us coordinate all these things that are happening across the state. We have coalitions, we've got nonprofits, we've got all types of agencies that are either doing the work in the anti-trafficking field, wanting to do the work in the anti-trafficking field, or are trying to figure out what do we do, right? And so in some places we have a lot of really great services in other places it doesn't exist, right? And so be able to kind of connect those and say, hey, here's who you can be able to talk to that were in the same position that you were in before, and now this is where they are now, connect, and they can kind of do what to do, or here's this problem that we've overcome, and here's how, or we've never figured out a way to overcome the situation. So kind of be able to connect those people. And then we also have the Human Trafficking Commission, which is um, a group that comes in and we, we meet through the AG's office. And it's been around for quite a few administrations, I think going back to Cordray, where you have experts in the field from across the state that come together and there's subcommittees, the law enforcement subcommittee, public awareness, victim services, those kind of things, and seeing how can we impact on a statewide level these specific areas. And so with our administration coming on board, we also have added a few new ones. We've added a healthcare subcommittee. So understanding that where a victim is also going to come in contact with folks, a victim or survivor, um, healthcare is a huge place that they might come in contact with there. And so to be able to have more information and more healthcare staff trained and understand what the red flags are, what this looks like, things like that. And then we also have added a group of folks that have lived experiences that have experienced the victimization um, with the natural human trafficking situation. They can also lend, here's what really worked for me. Here's what really impacted me. Here's where the ball was dropped in this area. Here's what we can be able to do to kind of have more of an impact across the state in these different kinds of groups. So, so collectively, we can just kind of work together. Jen, I don't know if you want to add anything else to that. I think you covered a bunch of it. I think the only thing I would add is Like Carrie said, the task forces, we do have three of them under the attorney general's umbrella, except so they're under our umbrella because we can provide different kinds of resources that other places may not be able to do. But they're really made up of groups of different law enforcement officers. So they come from different jurisdictions. Those jurisdictions commit, you know, these people, these officers to work on this specific area and they work together. And that's pretty cool to see, too. So they're up in the Cuyahoga County. I learned how to say that correctly since I came to the attorney general's office. You got it. It was perfect. Wait a second. But, but fun fact, when I moved here from Florida, I was saying Cuyahoga. And <laughs> someone was like, what is Cuyahoga? And I was like, this place. Cuyahoga. <laughs> In a lot of ways. Don't say, <laughs> you don't say Lancaster. You say Lancaster. Lancaster. I learned yes. that as well. <laughs> I love when my GPS is on and it always says, okay, turn on Olentangy River Road. It never says that the river, yeah. the name of the Olentangy River, Cuyahoga. right? Either. That, that is classic. Jamel <laughs> is your GPS, basically. Yes. That's what's happening. So we have the Cuyahoga County Task Force. We have one in the Mahoning Valley area and we have one in Central Ohio. So if you kind of map those out, we have a couple areas where we'd like to branch out into, but... Really, Jamel covered so much of it, but one of the biggest things is that like the commission is bringing together subject matter experts throughout the state. So they have their full-time jobs and then they come and help and assist us and making sure that we're connecting throughout the state. And the attorney general wanted, even though that's existed under previous administrations, he wanted this kind of in-house group. I like to call it our small but mighty team of three to kind of be able to coordinate all of these things and to 
really work together and use the power of the attorney general in a really positive way. One of his favorite phases is to do big good. And so that's kind of what we like to keep in mind as we go throughout the state, right? Like we're not stomping around. We're not trying to act like we know everything, but how can we help? Help me help you. Like to quote Jerry Maguire, help me help you. And so that's what we're, that's what we're doing. Allison, are you interested in politics? Yes, Carrie, I am. Well, have I got the thing for you. Ohio Realtors Legislative Week kicks off Monday, April 26th. Tell me more about it. What activities are going on? Where is it? How much does it cost? Well, first of all, it's free, which is awesome. Second of all, it's virtual, so anyone can attend from anywhere. Just make sure you get signed up. Registration ends April 22nd at 5 p.m. And you can go to ohiorealtors.org to get registered today. You guys just had, was it your second annual Human Trafficking Summit, statewide summit? Talk with us about this, because I know COVID obviously presented some uh, challenges, but you had, from what I could gather, a very wide audience. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We sure did. It was our second annual summit, and we had some great sponsors. Like the Ohio Realtors? Hey, I believe if I recall correctly, they were one of our two sponsors and we do, we really appreciate that and and the connections we've made with you guys. But yeah, it was our second annual summit. I'll let Jamel tell you more about the summit itself, but I need for everybody that's listening just to have this historical background. Jamel started in June of 2019. I started at the very beginning of September, 2019. And on my second day in the office, I got called into the chief of staff's office wondering what could I have done already to get fired. (laughs) And he said, now that you're here, we want to put together this summit thing, like this statewide event. And I had to have looked like a deer in headlights because I was like, do you need me to try a case tomorrow? Because I can do that. Do you want me to plan an event? Because no, no, thank you. I don't know how to do that. But we did. We pulled it off and we had a summit last January and we just had our second one. So I'll let Jamel tell you a little bit about that. Yeah. So the one that we had last year, our cap was 600 people and it was in person. This is before COVID like really like hit the fan and, you know, so 600 people, it was at the convention center downtown in Columbus. And we had four workshops that repeated one, um, the four happened in the morning and then four again in the afternoon. So you can pick two different ones to go to. And then COVID happens. And so everything has got to go virtual and we're like, how do we do this? So it ended up working out and we had people send in proposals to present workshops at the summit. And so we had so many proposals that came in. We narrowed it down to 15. So 15 different proposals, right? Which is amazing. And then we had over 1,400 people register and attend virtually. So the reach was amazing. We had a, a healthcare piece that we kind of kept consistent throughout the day. We got to also have, I think, a different group that would that attended that would normally maybe be present at a human trafficking summit. We want to make sure that we are including and bringing all these different industries together because you definitely play a part and a role in having an impact in trafficking. So it was super, 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 super cool to have that. Also, duly noted that technology is great when it works. <laughs> Talk about high-level stress. First thing in the morning portion, but we got through it and ended up being a really, really great day. And we got to end on hope. We have been 
really intentional of ending on a message of hope because this topic is so heavy to be able to kind of have this hopeful piece and, and kind of empower people to go out into their communities, even go into, into themselves, into their families and have these real conversations and see how like your intentionality of having this honest and open conversation can impact the people around you, impact yourself and thus impact your surrounding community. So yeah, pretty cool. Some of our listeners may say, so why, why are realtors involved with the human trafficking initiative? How does this relationship work? Just to provide some context on that for our listeners, you know, we feel that it's important to help our members understand the signs of trafficking and when they see them, what to do. And you guys, just another plug for the work that you guys do. You've been phenomenal in helping us kind of flesh that out a bit. I know we're working kind of building toward a webinar where our members can earn CE credit so that they can better understand the signs of human trafficking and what to do with those. So I just wanted to kind of maybe fill a gap in case some of our listeners were wondering what the connection was between the work that you guys do and our membership. Yeah. And that was kind of going to be my other question too. I wanted to ask you guys, how can our, our realtors, our members, how can we be a part of this fight against human trafficking? And, and it may not be super specific just to what our realtors and our members can do. What can any of us do? You know, um, if it is super specific, if there's, you know, intentional direct things that our realtors can do, I would love to hear. But if not, you know, what can just anyone living in Ohio who, who wants to be a part of this? How can we help be be a part of this and link arms and join the fight against human trafficking? I think one of the biggest things is what you're doing right now, right? Like getting educated, asking questions, hopping on a a 101 training just so you learn some of the red flags. But before you even get there, though, going back to what Jamel said about vulnerabilities, you know, making sure that you have safe spaces for conversations in your home, making sure that you talk to your kids or your friends, your family, whatever, about healthy relationships, making sure that you're a safe person for whoever. Is it for your kids' friends? Is it for a friend? Is it for a family member? Who who cares? You know, so many things are uncomfortable to talk about. They just are. But when we get uncomfortable, we grow. And we also make sure that there are those safe spaces for our kids and for our friends and for our family. And so that will help lessen some of those vulnerabilities or at least assist people in working their way through those vulnerabilities and feel like they have support. Um, another thing is having those tough conversations with your kids because, you know, I, I won't tell you guys the story that I have about the 15 year old boy that lives in my house, also known as my son, but he's had a mom that's worked in a really tough area that is really passionate about treating women the right way, about treating people the right way especially within relationships. And so he's had all sorts of uncomfortable conversations with me. And I hope, you know, in an educational way, not in a inappropriate way. (laughs) Uh, And so I just sort of hope that he knows he can talk to me about anything that's going on in his life. And so I think that is a really easy, simple building block. Uh, But I'm sure Jamel has some other tips and tricks for people to join us. Yes, yes. I would for sure encourage when it comes to understanding the realities, understanding what is a myth and what is fact is huge. And so many times you might be on social media or I don't know if you, like my mom has called me and be like, hey, I got this like chain mail text message that says, if you go to this restaurant or if you're at this mall, someone's going to follow you into the bathroom, spray this perfume on your face and then 
tuck you under this thing and then drag you into a white van and now you're going to be trafficked, right? So this idea of there's a lot of scare lore that's out there that is not consistent with what is normally happening in a sex trafficking situation or, or a labor trafficking situation. And so understanding for yourself to be armed with the right knowledge about what it is and what it isn't, I think would be really great for people to do. That way when you do see this information that's out there that is not correct, that is not helping anybody, you can be able to speak up about it. And also here's the link where there's helpful resources and information, right? To kind of help curve that. There's also this idea that trafficking is only an issue for juveniles, for kids, or it's only this idea of there's just this random stranger is going to come and just snatch you and throw you into this car. So understand that there's a lot of relationship building that is part of both sex and labor trafficking. And there's a development of trust and rapport and all this kind of stuff. And that's kind of what a trafficker does and what they use in order to kind of gain that access and dependability from their potential victim. That way this person is depending on them for for food, for shelter, for love and affection, for friendship. They're in a relationship. So many situations, the boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend kind of situation. Traffickers don't look like just one particular thing, right? They could be men. They could be women. They don't wear flashy suits all the time, if that's what, or at all. And so this idea that this is, could look like an everyday person that could be standing behind you in Kroger as you're shopping. And so there's not this like elusive, you're going to know this like scary thing. Um, so just kind of be aware of that. And so when you have these honest and open conversations about healthy relationships, about mental health, about let's really talk about these things because so many of us may have things in our homes that we just don't talk about, right? Everybody just kind of navigates around it. Everybody knows uncle so-and-so might not be the person you might want to watch the kids, but we don't actually talk about it and do something about it, right? So kind of being able to impact that we can be able to be better stewards of each other, of ourselves. And on top of that, also impact the demand side of sex trafficking. So having these conversations with the men and boys in your lives, that way they are not purchasing and buying sex because it's all connected to that. So you can't have a supply without a demand, right? And so this idea that talking with brothers, uncles, grandpas, great grandpas, okay, Age is not a thing that, that that keeps people away from these situations. We've seen all ages, all types, all backgrounds of people. So just having these real conversations of how these things connect to human trafficking, and we can just be more responsible with each other and just be aware. There are also coalitions throughout the state, and there's a couple gaps there, but most of the state has a coalition. So people can go on our website at the Ohio Attorney General and find the coalition map and you can connect with your local coalition and see what kind of thing they're doing. Connect with a local group in your area. Maybe there's an opportunity for a volunteer or a clothing drive or hygiene drive, things like that. And you can also check out our website for different resources like palm cards that have different red flags for both situations, a parent resource guide, apps to watch uh, along the lines of having those healthy conversations. So feel free to check all those things out too to help help join us in the fight for sure. Yeah. And that's ohioattorneygeneral.gov slash human trafficking. Yeah. I was on your website earlier. Lots of, lots of great stuff on there. Stay educated, never take anything, you know, think you know everything, keep learning about this, you know, have those uncomfortable conversations, stay awakened to, you know, everything that's out there with this, know the facts and, you know, together, you know, hopefully we can make a difference in that. And I love that, you said you you end on that that moment of hope. I love that you say that because I was going to say, when you think about human trafficking, you think it's like this huge problem and you're like, where do we even begin? 
how can we, you know, have an impact? Where do we start with that? So I would love to end this with that moment of hope. I think that that is so perfect. So I would love to hear a moment of hope for you all and end it on that note. I mean, I think it's really just, I can tell you just very generally that as a prosecutor, these kinds of cases really kind of blurred the lines for me in terms of victims and offenders and really gave me an appreciation of how people end up where they are, you know, whether they're a victim or an offender. And I think that that, while that doesn't sound extremely hopeful, I I think that your point about always learning, always growing is really remarkable. And, And I agree with it completely. And some of the people that I've had the opportunity to work with that I still get updates about or hear about periodically and how amazingly they're doing is just really, it's really great. And it just takes one of us doing something to change the direction of one other person's life. And I think that that's huge. Jamel has a great quote about where we are with the elephant. I think I I, I would ask her to tell you guys that too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So even coming from the perspective that we're at, where we've been working in this field for quite some time, we still sometimes also feel like, how are we going to tackle this, impact this, right? So there's always this question about how do you eat an elephant, right? And it's one bite at a time. Right now, we're at the toenails. We're at the toe jam section. There's a whole lot more <laughs> elephant left, right? But the thing is, is that every step of the way, even if it's just an inch has been moved forward or it's a whole yard, we are moving forward and we are having an impact. And so as people choose to be intentional with their relationships in their lives and even with their own personal, emotional and mental health, that is impactful. And that offers for hope because somebody who may be getting groomed or targeted for something will know they can come and talk to you. Right. We'll know that this resource exists in our in my community because my community has said, hey, we care about those that are in need. Here's this number. Here's here's our hours. Come and this is a safe space and safe place. And so the more that we have that, the more we can be able to impact and prevent people from becoming victims in a situation. And also at the same time, be able to have appropriate resources for those that are currently being victimized or have been victimized. And now there's adequate resources and also accountability where this trafficker is going to be held accountable because the jury uh, understands on the basic level the realities of human trafficking, right? And they're able to, uh, the prosecutor doesn't have to work extra, extra, extra hard to teach this human trafficking 101 of the realities of it because it doesn't look like the movie Taken or it doesn't look like there's a whole bunch of chains and things that might be seen more so on TV that isn't true to the norm of how things you know happen in a trafficking situation. So all this can offer hope because by you doing your part, you're able to help prevent future victimization, you're able to help prevent future people from becoming buyers of sex, right? And you're able to kind of help with the prosecution pieces of holding people accountable who choose to still victimize other people. So be empowered. We can all do this together. Community, Ohio strong, right? Hashtag still Florida girl, but I still love Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. And you're so right. I mean, every little bit of that is progress. You know, like I love what you said. We're just at the toenails of it. But every person who gets educated, every person who's listening to this podcast today, that's a step forward. That's progress. And that's hope that, you know, one day this will be a thing of the past. And, you know, we will be able to say that we've successfully, you know, fought it and defeated it. 
So every little bit counts. This is great. You guys do such amazing work. And we at Ohio Realtors are so glad to be a partner and be a part of it with you. This is great. You know, we fully believe and support everything that you guys stand for. So thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for the great work you're doing for our fellow Ohioans and people around the world. You guys are awesome. And thanks so much for being here today. Awesome. OH. I <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time. This has been a Humble Pod production. Stay humble.